Can you hear me now? <laughs> Am I super loud? Well, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Like I said, Mike has gone in Durham, so I get the, the opportunity to speak with you today, and I'm really excited about that. Um, it's really amazing to read God's Word and see what it has for us. So today, I am... Um, Mike has been going through the story of Jesus. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke. And uh, the last few times that he's spoken, it's been a really dark time in Jesus' life. And three weeks ago, he, he spoke on Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before before he was arrested, before he was betrayed, before the trial, um, he went to the garden and he fell on his knees and he cried out to God. And it was such a, a, a deeply personal and painful time for him that he was sweating blood. And I was reflecting on that and just thinking about the power of prayer. And thinking about in my life, um, there are times when I go through hard times and there are times when I think we all go through these storms and things are just really, really tough. And I wanted to talk today about prayer in those times. When things are hard, how do we draw close to God. Now, when you say I'm going to talk about prayer, for some people, it's a little bit uncomfortable because it's like, well, for some of us, we're not quite used to praying. We're not quite used to, to speaking to God. It's kind of a foreign concept. And then for others of us, um, we've, we're used to speaking to God. We're used to praying. Prayer is familiar, but we're used to these little routine prayers, which are wonderful prayers. Like every night with, when I put my girls down to bed, we say a little prayer. And, um, and we're kind of creatures of habit. And so often our prayers are the same. Um, we either will sing a prayer or little Rachel, I have a five-year-old. Um, she, she made up her own prayer about two years ago when she was three. And for the last two years, her prayer has been just about the same. Like it's just now that she's starting to vary that. But she'll close her eyes real tight and she'll say, dear God, Thank you for day. She doesn't say the day. She says, thank you for day. And please help us be nice, kind, and loving, as kind as we can be. And she'll say that every night. That that's her prayer. And and it's and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. However, at times when things are really tough, some of those little this is really some of those little prayers, is that better? can hear me so well. <laughs> Some of those prayers just don't seem to cut it. Like, I can say my little routine prayers, and they're good, they're wonderful, but when we're going through a hard time, we need something a little bit more. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, and maybe this is, this is one of those times when you feel like you're going through a storm, and maybe this, this is one of those times where you can, you can use this. Um, so let's, let's go to God and start with prayer. Dear God, thank you for, for this day, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to speak. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for how you've modeled prayer for us. And God, we just ask that you would teach us what we need to know today. Lord, that you would um, touch our hearts and that we would be able to come to you more often especially in those times when we're having a hard time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this summer, uh, with the Reason Weber family, we went to Lake Chelan. And it's this gorgeous lake. I'd never been there before. And as soon as we got there, we walked down 
to the docks because it's right, the house we were staying at was right on the lake. And the lake was just gorgeous. It was still. It was sunny. It was beautiful. Walk out on the dock. And right next to the dock, I noticed that there's this, um, this boat lift is what I later learned. I'm not sure exactly what you would call it, but it's like two, two um, boards. It was in the water, and what, and what, the, what it's for, I later found out, is that you can drive a boat up in it, and then it actually has a mechanism that lifts the boat out of the water. And I'd never seen one of these before, and when I, when I saw it, I asked about it, and I said, well, that's kind of strange. Like a boat's waterproof, it's okay for it to be in the water, you know, it's not a big deal if it gets wet, if it's rainy, it's going to get wet anyways, like why do they, why do they lift the boat out of the water? Well, we stayed for a week there in Lake Chelan, and about our third or fourth day, this really big storm came up. And in a matter of minutes, um, the wind's blowing, and the water gets really, really choppy, and the waves kind of start sloshing things around. And uh, we had two jet skis that we had rented, and we had those tied up. And because the water was so stormy, the jet skis uh, broke off. And so, you know, then the boys had to go get the jet skis, and it was this big ordeal, and I'm standing there, and I'm feeling all the energy of the storm, and Mike is out in the water, and the waves are splashing. And I look over to our neighbors, because we didn't have a boat at that time. I look over to our neighbors, and their boat was on one of these boat lifts. And they had put a cover on it, so it wasn't getting wet, at least not the inside, and they had lifted the boat up, and it was sitting on these two boards in the middle of the storm, still and calm. And I remember thinking, wow, that's, that makes sense now. That's why they have a boat lift, because here I'm, I'm panicking, and all this, this wind and energy is going around. And later, as I was reflecting on prayer... And what does it mean to come to God in our difficult times? I was reminded of that boat lift. Um, Often I pray that, God, would you just take this storm away? And usually he doesn't. (laughs) Occasionally he does, but for the most part he doesn't. But God is kind of like this boat lift that comes up under us and holds us steady when the wind blows and when the waves toss us about. And so I want to talk about how do we come to God when we're in one of those storms? How do we approach God um, in prayer? And the beautiful thing about Scripture is it has so many different, so many different things in it. And one of the things um, in Scripture is the book of Psalms. And Psalms is a book of prayers. Um, some people call it a book of songs. So it's a poetry book. And um, there are prayers and songs that ancient Israel would recite or sing in their worship service. And some of them were done in the worship service. Some of them were done just by individuals um, crying out to God. And there are three basic types of psalms. So the first one would be um, a hymn. And a hymn is a psalm uh, that just glorifies God for who he is, for being the creator God, for being the Lord, just praise God because you are mighty, you are God. The second type of psalm would be a thanksgiving psalm. And this song would be to specifically thank God for something that he has done. So, for instance, thank you, God, um, because you are good. Thank you, God, because you have saved me. And then the third type of psalm, the ones I really want to look at today, I want to look at two psalms today, and they're lament psalms. 
And these are psalms that we, people, the authors, just cried out to God and said, hey, I am, I am in a storm here. Things are really tough. And I want to cry, they're crying out to God. And the beautiful thing about these psalms is it's not a wallowing in pain or pity. It's not a, oh, poor me, and God, what are you, what are you doing? Though sometimes they ask that question. But it's coming to God and being real with him and in talking about our pain and naming it and then asking God to bring us from that place of pain to a place of hope and trust in him. So let's take a look at a couple of these psalms. The first one I want to read together is Psalm 42. In Psalm 42, as we read it, I'm going to read through it, and then we'll talk about it. Listen for the author's emotion. Listen for um, how real he gets with God. This is definitely not one of those rehearsed or routine prayers. Listen for the emotion in it. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water... So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among a festive throng. But why? Why so downcast? Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Jumping down to verse 8. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must, must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The psalm speaks to me because of the emotion in it. Um, in verse 2, he says, my soul thirsts for God. Where can I go? Where can I find him? This longing for God, longing to be close to God. Um, verse 3 says, my my tears have been my food day and night. Um, we, we see his pain. We don't know why he's, he's crying. We don't know why he's in pain. Verse 9 mentions an enemy, oppressed by the enemy, but we don't really know if it's like a person. It could be a person. could be, um, it's, it's poetry, so it's figurative language. It could be something more broad than that. It could be like a disease or worry. The specific circumstances we don't know, and in our specific circumstances may differ than the author's, but we can relate to the author's feelings, this feeling of longing and, and deep pain sometimes in our lives. In verse 4, he says, oh, I remember I remember when I used to go to the house of God with shouts of joy and praise. And maybe that, that's where we're at for some of us. We can look back and remember there was a time when I was really close to God. And there was a time when I was joyful. And this isn't it. And I'm not feeling that right now. 
um, not feeling connected to God. And it's interesting, life is just like that. We're going to go through ups and downs in a lot of different aspects of life, including our, our spiritual walk with God. Verse 5, he continues, and this is kind of the chorus of, of the psalm. He says, why my soul? He starts talking to himself, why my soul? Why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? And there's just this lack of peace in this desperation. And yet in that, he's still speaking to his soul, still speaking to himself. The psalmist says, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So in the midst of this pain, the psalmist is saying, but I recognize who you are, and I will still praise you, and I will still trust you, and I will still hope in you. Verse 9, there's some interesting language there. He says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? So he calls God his rock, his foundation, like the what keeps him steady, like you are my rock that never changes. And yet then he asks, but why have you forgotten me? I don't know if you've ever felt that. I have in my life when I felt like, God, I I know what I believe and I still believe it, but I'm not, I'm not really feeling it right now. And I feel apart from you and I feel like you've forgotten me and I feel like I'm lost Maybe it was more of a season of doubt, um, and I've had those. God, I'm just, I'm, I'm doubting right now if you really are who you say you are because I'm not feeling it. Sometimes there's a disconnect between what we believe and know about God and what we're experiencing at that moment, what we're feeling at that moment. So then what do we do with that? And I love what the, what the author here does. The psalmist brings even that to God and says, God, here's how I'm feeling. Um, help me with it. And, and, and help me to hope in you and put my trust in you. This ends with a repetition of that chorus. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed? Put your hope in God. And I love, I love this psalm because the, the author is expecting God to show up says, this is where I'm at. This is how I feel. But he's expecting God to show up. It's kind of like that boat lift. I see the storm. I feel the wind. I'm being tossed and turned. And the psalmist is saying, be my boat lift. Lift me up and, and hold me steady so that, I can, so that I can walk through this. One of the things... Um, I like to do with the Psalms, um, and this may, be di- this may be new to you guys or so, something unusual, um, is I like to read the Psalms to learn from them and then kind of um, write my own. And I use that almost a little bit as, as a template. Uh, funny little story, last night um, the girls and I watched a movie and then uh, Rachel asked if she could uh, make her blanket. And the story about the blanket is Alyssa got uh, some material to make a tie blanket from one of her aunts for her birthday. And we finally got it out and we tie, if you, if you know what a tie blanket is, basically it's two pieces of material, you put them together and then you cut slits all along the side and then you just tie knots and that holds the blanket together so there's no sewing. So Rachel really, really wanted her own tie blanket. So this week we took her to the store and she picked out her fabric 
Paw Patrol. It's a cartoon. And uh, she asked, Mom, can we please, please, can we tie this blanket? She said, okay, lay it out and cut all the slits in it. And then she's like, okay, I want to tie it, Mom. And so we sit down, crisscross on the floor, and I'm showing her how to tie a knot. Well, Rachel's five. She does not know how to tie a knot. And so she's just pulling and kind of just twisting. And the whole, I mean, it's supposed to be laid flat, and you're supposed to like tie these cute little neat knots, and the whole blanket is just moving about. And so I said, okay, Rachel, just, just stop for a minute and watch me. Well, before I said that, I said, stop for a minute. Let me show you how to do it. Let me explain it to you. So then the teacher in me, you know, is explaining step by step. Okay, here's step one, here's step two. And she's just not getting it. It's not, not, her little fingers just can't do it. And so I I said, okay, well, just watch me. I know it doesn't make sense. Just watch me. And so she watched me tie four or five, six knots. She tried. She still couldn't get it. And then Alyssa, being the helper that she is, sat down right next to me and says, Rachel, I know how to do it. You can watch me. And so Alyssa tied a knot and showed her. And finally, after about 10 minutes of trying, she, she was able to figure it out. And she was able to tie her knot. And she did it differently than I did. So, you know, I was talking about how you make an O, and then you cross it, and then you pull it through. And she just did it different. But she... She watched until she understood the concept. And that's what I want to do with this psalm. I want to I look at the psalm. I want to hear the psalmist. And then I want to be able to use it in my life. And I want you guys to be able to use it in your life, to be able to pray to God in that fashion. And for me, I love poetry, so I love reading it. But the words aren't quite my own. And so I have to just kind of use it to, to speak my own heart. Um, to God. So I want to give you an example, an example of that. So for verse, for for the psalm that we just read, for verse 2, it says, my soul thirsts for God. Where can I go to meet God? In my own words, it would be something like this. God, I want to be close to you, but I feel so far from you right now. The psalmist said, my tears have been my food day and night. I would say something like, oh, my heart is heavy. I I feel burdened. I'm so fill in the blank, worried about my kid, stressed out about work, or um, I've suffered a loss and I'm just so sad. Whatever it is, we can fill in the blank there. God, I know you're there, but I just don't feel you right now. The psalmist said, how I used to go to the house of God with shouts of joy and praise. For me, it would be something like, you've been my anchor before. You've held me down. Be my anchor now. The psalmist said, um, with shouts of joy and praise. So, you know, I'd say, help me feel your joy again. Even in this storm, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to hold on to you, and I'm going to praise you. There's something very therapeutic about stating our pain or stating our struggle, what we're going through, and just verbalizing that and articulating that. And then to take it a step further, to to verbalize that to God, the person who can really help us work through that in a way that no one else can. It's just an an amazing thing. Let's go to the next psalm, Psalm 50, 51. 
this one's a pretty common psalm, a psalm that a lot of us may have heard. And there's a little editorial note um, under the title that tells us that um, this was a psalm of David. And when this was after he had committed murder and adultery. And a prophet had come to him and said, David, God has seen what you're doing, and he doesn't like it, and you're going to be punished for this, and you need to, you need to turn, turn from this and follow God. And so at the time that David wrote this, he was overwhelmed by guilt and unworthiness. He was just, um, he was in a, in, in a, in a really dark place. Um, so read this. What I love about this psalm, as you read it with me, listen for the promises of God, even in, in this psalm. It says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquities, cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Create in me a clean, uh, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Overwhelmed by guilt and overwhelmed by his unworthiness, David falls at the feet of, feet of God and said, have mercy on me. Like, I get it now. I've, I've done wrong and, and I need, I need your mercy. And in a seemingly hopeless situation, David's prayer reveals, um, to us the character of God and how God can take what is broken and, and can make beautiful things out of it. The, um, the phrases that I love in here, he says, your unfailing love. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. In a place David has failed here. His love has failed, but he's acknowledging that, God, your love is unfailing, and you have great compassion, and you have the ability to blot out my transgressions, to cleanse me from my sin. He says, you have the ability to make my heart pure. It says, create in me a pure heart. And purity is an interesting word. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I think of purity as a one-time thing. Like you're pure, you're clean, and then if something gets tainted, well, then it can't be made pure again. Like the innocence of a child. You know, once you grow up, you don't go back to that innocence um, anymore. But that's not how it is with God. God can take what has been tainted, what has been... Um, messed up in some way and he can purify it again and he can make it pure again and so David here on his knees overwhelmed by guilt he says but I know who you are and I know you have the ability to purify my heart even now even in this storm And he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Restore that joy of knowing you and help me be willing to follow. Help me be willing to listen. Our circumstances are going to vary from from David's. His are pretty extreme circumstances. But I think we can all relate to a time when we knew we just didn't 
didn't meet the standard. We knew we just um, fell short and that we need to go to God and God needs um, to purify to pur- purify us. And it's beautiful when we're able to do that. I want to read, um, I took this psalm. And so in my own words, it might sound something like this. It says, forgive me, Lord, and draw me in close. I know you love me. I hold on to that love. Wrap your arms around me and make things right. When things feel so wrong, to know that God can make things right again and that God's love never fails, even when my love has failed or when other people's love has failed. Say, I know you can make me whole again. Please work in me. I need you. Heal my broken heart. Lord, I want to feel your joy again. Open my eyes to see you. Help me follow you in all I do. I choose to trust you and trust in you even now. It's really comforting to know you have a place to go when life just crumbles around you. And that's what these psalms mean to me. Like, I have a place to go, and I have a God who will hold me up and will keep me steady when life is crazy. And that is a beautiful thing. I wish he would just take the storms away. (laughs) But... I think our relationship with him grows deeper and we come to understand him better when we experience some of those things and we experience his love holding us up and holding us steady. I want to share with you two more verses. This is from a different psalm, and this is a Thanksgiving psalm, also written by David. Um, we don't know the chronological order of these psalms, um, but I like to, I'd like to read this after Psalm 51, after hearing God's, David's cry to God, Here's what David says in another psalm. He says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will never be shaken. God shows up. When we go to God, God is there. And God is able to hold us steady. So I don't know what you have in store for your week. I don't know if you're going to have some storms or not. Um, if you don't, then I'd, I'd love, I'd encourage you to take some of the, the hymns, the psalms of praise in here, and and read through those and, and, and pray your own. Or pray those. Read them out loud as a prayer and thank God for who he is and for what he's done for you. But maybe some of us will have some storms this week. And I just want to say that it's okay to take even that to God. It's okay. In fact, it's encouraged to be very real with God. He he knows what you're feeling. Go ahead and verbalize it and share that with him. And the beautiful thing is that God holds us up, and God keeps us steady, and God walks with us through that storm. And storm comes in many different ways. Um, maybe it is an enemy. Maybe, maybe it's a physical illness. Uh, maybe it's just stress. Uh, maybe it's worry. It can be a lot of different things. It could be doubts or fear of the unknown. Whatever it is, um, whatever storm you're in this week, pour out your heart to God 
For he is the God of unfailing love, and he is a God of great compassion. And he is a God who is strong enough and willing to heal our brokenness. So it's beautiful when we can come to him in that. Let's go ahead and pray about that. Dear God, we just thank you so much for your unfailing love. Lord, we thank you for your great compassion and how you love us and want to, want to draw us in and want to hold us steady. Lord, the fact that you want to walk with us is just amazing. And Lord, we thank you for this love. And we ask that this week you would help us to come into a deeper relationship with you, Lord, that you would draw us into a deeper relationship, that you would teach us how to come to you um, with both our joys and with our pain. And when we're going through storms, Lord, when things happen this week and we're feeling overwhelmed, Lord, I pray that you would just help us to come to you. And Lord, that you would bring us from a place of pain and hurt to a place of hope and trust as we walk through those storms. God, we love you for your promises. We love you because you love us. And we just ask that you you would walk with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, like you saw in the video, this next weekend is our service project. So just wanted to mention that again. Uh, we're going to be at Jubilee Leadership Academy. If you can come Saturday or Sunday, um, go ahead and let me know, or you can text Christine. And then October 2nd, so it's two weeks from today, is our one-year anniversary. And we're so excited to celebrate that together. So um, please come and join us for that. We're going to have um, a lot of festivities and a food truck and all sorts of things. So you can join us for that. And then in October, so October 8th, we're going to kick off branches. So we're going to start our branches. And our first event is going to be a harvest party. It's going to be over at Stephen Wynette's backyard. And we're going to have a lot of fun and games. And uh, we just love for you to join us there. So thank you for coming. And God bless.